Hey, welcome to a special edition, another special edition, shall I say, of the uh, the coffee break, and still talking about what's going on in Israel. I know a, a day or two ago I had mentioned that I would talk more about this and uh, mentioned that you needed to pay attention to what's going on, especially in the news, especially from conservative news. Let me just say this for a few moments, because more than one person has approached me about what they are reading on um, on social media posts. And um, some of the conclusions have been quite incorrect. Let's just put that put it that way, for lack of a better term. So right now, and I'm not going to get into what those posts say or what they are or who they came from, but I do want to say that we need to be very careful about where we're getting our information from. Because we need to find out, is this information, is what we are getting real? Is it truthful? Uh, can we validate the sources? So if you are never able to validate the source, then you probably want to question the source to see if it's something that you that you should follow. Okay? Um, another thing that I'd mentioned, a couple of, of comments that I had got back. Oh, by the way, if you ever want to make a comment, more than welcome to send me an email at Doug at DougJohnson.net. I'll be happy to try to address that or answer you back in some way. All right. So if it's something that I believe a lot of people will need to answer, I'll answer it on the, on the podcast itself. One of the things I'd mentioned, and it brought a question or two to the top of the water, was that some pastors don't talk about prophecy, and especially uh, they don't talk about what's happening right now as prophecy or prophetic in nature. And I had mentioned that many of these pastors um, believe in a replacement theology where the church has replaced Israel, and that's not the case. So... I think we have to be careful about that because in and I'm going to say this and if you fall into this camp don't get upset just research what this camp is saying and try to position it into God's teaching um reform theology is the reform movement that does this to a large degree um basically the reform movement um views all of human history through the lens of individual redemption. So they'll downplay national and corporate promises of Scripture in favor of an obsession with an individual salvation. Now, don't get me wrong, Scripture is all about individual salvation. But in the Reform movement, it's the primary purpose of God's actions or activity in the life of humanity. And that's not the case, because we were all created for a purpose, and that is to glorify him. So he is working beyond, even though he is working through salvation and working to draw people unto salvation, he is doing more than just that, okay? So while it's true that he's working in individual lives to bring redemption, he's doing a lot more that he is redeeming all of creation and restoring his chosen nation Israel to a place of centrality in the world okay because Israel is God's chosen people we've seen that in Old Testament history we cannot argue that away those are God's chosen people 
<clears throat> excuse me, so how can the church replace that group of people when the New Testament says that we've been grafted in? Um, the Reformed camp tends to spiritualize Old Testament prophecies. Uh, they fail to distinguish between God's covenant program for Israel and his program for the, for the church itself, the body of Christ. Okay, so therefore there's a lot of erroneous conclusions. There's a lot of errors into those conclusions that the church and Israel, uh, are the one and the same. That's where they, they've got that wrong. And, um, so according to the, to that camp, the church has replaced Israel and God's plan. Um, and there's no future for the nation Israel. And that's not the case. Now we know that the nation, nation of Israel was once scattered because of the oppression, because of the persecution against the Jewish people. And, um, but we have seen the God call his people back to the, uh, to Jerusalem, to the, uh, to the area in which is the spiritual epicenter of the world. So I want us to take us to Ezekiel uh, chapter 37. I know I talked about Daniel, but maybe I was getting a little bit ahead of myself. We have to understand the foundations first. So what I want to do is I want to take a look at Daniel. I'm sorry, Ezekiel 37. I'm just going to get to Daniel one way or the other, it looks like. Ezekiel chapter 37. And it, it starts in verse 1. It says, The hand of the Lord was upon me. And he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. And he led me around among them. And behold, there were many on the surface of the valley. And behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy over these bones, and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. Okay, so that's just the first six verses of Ezekiel chapter 37. All right, so really, chapter 37 really illustrates uh, the promise of chapter 36. We can't take that out of context. God had just announced that Israel will be restored to her land in blessing under the leadership of David her king. However, this seemed to be uh, not the case, all right, uh, in light of Israel's present condition. She was dead as a nation. Deprived of her land, her king and her temple. Uh, she'd been divided, dispersed for so long that restoration did not seem possible. So God gives two signs, 37, 1 through 14, and then 15 through 28. We'll see both of those to Ezekiel to illustrate the fact that restoration and um, the, the promise of restoration will be made. So if we look at the first seven verses, this is the vision of dry bones uh, revived. So a lot of the illustration, no, a lot of the Israelites may have doubted God's promise of salvation and restoration. Okay, so God transported Israel by the Spirit to a valley full of bones. And Ezekiel noted that the bones were extremely 
dry. And so God asked the prophet a question. Can these bones live? And what was the answer? Oh, sovereign Lord, you alone know. In other words, only God could accomplish such a feat. And so God directed Israel, um, Israel, Ezekiel, <laughs> to prophesy to the bones. I will make breath enter you. You will come to life. Okay? So this is like a, like a uh, bringing life back into Israel. So the bones came together, flesh developed, skin covered, breath entered, and they stood up. All right, so that's what we see at this point. This is a, a prophetic look at, you know, Israel's coming back to life in regard to this. All right, so I'm going to stop there when we're talking about the Scripture. But I want us to move over to a different section about the reality of what's happening today. We see Israel. We saw Saturday that Israel was attacked um, by by land, uh, by sky, by sea. It was a full-fledged attacked um, by Hamas. Well, who are these people? These people are terrorists, and they're funded by Iran. Now, you may be thinking, gosh, you're just following the news. No, I mean, if you go and look, if you look at the history of what was said by the leadership in Iran, they said they were going to destroy Israel. They're going to wipe them off the face of the earth. All right? And the quote actually was... He said that that they would be destroyed by the occupiers being removed from Jerusalem. And I think it was interesting that, um, that the quote in, included the word Jerusalem. This comes from Iran now. Now, this is a documented fact, okay? So the end time events, as we begin to look at these things, has a pinpoint. It revolves around Jerusalem, okay? It evolves around Jerusalem. So as we begin to look at um, Ezekiel, we're going to find two groups of people that it talks about in chapter 37 and 38. Uh, one of them is Magog, and the other is Persia. Now, who are these people? Where are these people located? Magog, it is debated, but the most popular belief by theologians, Magog is Russia, and Persia is Iran. Now, that's there's pretty much a solid agreement on who Persia is. That's Iran. Are they connected? Well, what's going on in, in Ukraine? They seem to be connected, right? There's there's things happening. There's um, there's technology that's coming from from Iran to Russia. Hmm. So, as we continue, and I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I do want you to start reading. I want you to read uh, chapter 37. We'll pick up with verse 7 uh, the next time we chat in the next day or so. And um, we'll probably go through the rest of the chapter, at least into verses 28 of chapter 37 of Ezekiel. Keep an eye out. Watch the news. Watch the, watch what's going on. And what's, one of the things I like about the news right now and watching the news, because a lot of the, the platforms are just putting the camera on the reporter in the field, and you're seeing what's happening. Um, 
But I just want to say, because this whole thing has started, this conflict is going to bring a lot of bloodshed. And so I want you to pray for Israel. Um, if you are looking for something to pray for, pray for Israel. Pray for um, pray for God's will to be done. Um, it's hard to it's hard to to say pull back after seeing the slaughter that occurred. And and sometimes I don't know what the answer is going to be, but I do know that God knows. And so God's will is what we need to pray for. So always feel. That if you need to pray for something, pray for God's will, whether it be in your life or, in this case, in the conflict over in Israel. Okay, so we'll pick up with some more of this. We've, we've got a lot to cover. It may take us a long time to cover. We may never get finished. Who knows? Uh, in any case, thank you for spending a few minutes with me today. And it's probably been longer than a few, probably close to 15. And um, I don't know if I want to replace the... Um, I think I may want to do this. This is just a thought that my daily devotions, maybe turn them into uh, things that you can work on, things that you can be reading and trying to understand, especially in light of what's going on right now. And uh, that may be an opportunity. For the time being, I'll continue the 10 a.m. five-minute devotion or five or less minutes, sometimes two minutes. But um, in any case, thank you for giving me your time. And we'll talk to you again real soon. God bless. Bye-bye.